Merry Christmas Eve, everyone, and welcome to London's Prince the Podcast. My name is Kiana Fairley, and I am the writer behind the memoir, London's Prince. And I just wanted to do a really short podcast. Um, I know a lot of my other podcasts have been pretty lengthy, especially when I have my special guests. However, today, this is just simply me. And just really kind of evaluating where I am right now. And today was a reminder. It was a Facebook memory reminder. Uh, Today, this morning when I got up, I picked up my phone and I checked uh, my Facebook and I got this Facebook memory alert. And today, December 24th of 2011, I actually got married. For some reason, I forgot it, but in a way, I was kind of happy because um, that means how much I've moved and progressed from that part in my life. Um, So for me to forget that it was my anniversary of my first marriage um, and only marriage (laughs) um, was really interesting. Today is, you know, Christmas Eve and... To be honest with you, my job did the best thing for me by giving me so many days off, really to get some time to evaluate myself, spend some time within myself and focus on what goals I am trying to set for the new year in 2019. I'm seeing so many memes about everybody doing this whole model walk down the runway of what their 2019 is going to be like and they're just really smoothly walking and you know um just having all these different memes about what they really believe that their 2019 is going to bring and today was just an example of just life in general um you know, financially, and I'm going to be very vulnerable at this point, I went from having so much to very little. And I had so much, you know, financially, bills were paid, everything was just really doing financially well. And this year really hit me hard. I mean, between going through a divorce, going through court proceedings, making bad decisions, helping other people and taking care of other people and being a resource for other people and just really trying to show love through um, giving to others to a point where I depleted myself Uh, financially. I put myself in a pretty different situation and it's not really much different for me I know finances are something that I plan on working on in 2019 because I've realized that financially I will give and do things to um basically kind of like show my love and uh that's a form of codependency and a way of me not really focusing on the fact that me having relationships with others, it should just be me that is the gift and not me having to gift anything materialistically. And I've learned that. And so uh, today I was out and about. I wanted to grab something for Micah. Um, He's already opened his Christmas gifts and, and I am that parent that unfortunately broke to him that mommy is Santa Claus. 
Um, I know a lot of people are going to shun me on this one, but I have come to terms with I thought it was more appropriate to teach my son what the true meaning of Christmas is. And I see so many people out just running around, driving themselves crazy, purchasing Christmas gifts, trying to make sure that they don't forget anyone, but they forget about themselves. And so um, even though we don't have much, I realized that we have everything that we need. And I actually made a post about that um, to remind people of the very things that they think that they need to be gifting are the very things that are not what people really need. So on this Christmas Eve and coming to terms with not having a lot has taught me that I have everything. Um, Even when I did have a lot financially, it was a distraction from me being in tune or becoming one within myself. And to be honest with you, um, I wish that I had the mentality or the mindset or the peace that I have now that I didn't have a couple of years ago. Because a lot of times when you have money or things like that going on for yourself, you distract yourself from really being in tune to getting to know who you are, spending time alone in solitude, going in hermit mode and really focusing on what is your life's true purpose. And so this year I found value in that. And so I just wanted to remind people today on Christmas Eve that Christmas is not about focusing on gifting and going out and spending the most money to show someone that you really love them. The true strength and test of love is giving to those what you already have. It does not have to be materialistic. It can be love. It can be your time. Those are things that are what people really need and what people consider to be the most expensive because that requires you to be vulnerable. And so I have come to learn that my time and spending time with my son, telling him how much I love him, Um, These are the things that really mean the most and is really what Christmas is about. And so I want people to take the time today and really think about that and really process that, you know, Christmas is the giving spirit, the loving spirit. It's about birthing, you know, birth. It's about the rebirth, just the birth of Jesus Christ, um, which... uh, you know, that's how I was brought up as a Christian. But however, it's just about life and living life. And any of those materialistic things, those things are not anything but a form of energy that's given to it. So what I mean by that is what are the intentions or what are the intentions behind the gift that someone's giving? That is the energy that is um, within that gift. Was the person's intentions love? Were the person's intentions feeling rushed and then they felt guilty and they just wanted to give you something? So there's intentions behind the gifts and the energy that is enforced into that materialistic item. And that carries on. And so I just really want people to know that anything that someone really needs this Christmas season primarily is you being you and the love in your time. That is things that are so valuable, that are so expensive that you cannot find in a store while we're out rushing around looking for it. But anyways, um, 
I'm also in a Facebook group too. Um, and I'm the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's going toward into uh, the purpose of this podcast. I'm in a Facebook group of over 3,000 or 4,000 women who have experienced some form of fetal loss. And uh, last week, my gift to a few of those women, um, including some across seas, about eight women, um, I decided to send them a copy of London's Prince, requesting that they take the time to read it and also, you know, um, give me some positive feedback or, I mean, give me their feedback and, and honest feedback in regards to what they've read. And even though our stories are so different because every birthing story is different, uh, I wanted them to potentially, hopefully, find healing in, in my journey. Find healing in the fact that I channeled my negative energy towards what happened to me into something that was healing for myself. And hopefully it can lift them as, uplift them as well. And they come up on my timeline and I see so many of the women suffering right now and going through it emotionally because there are a lot of people grieving right now. Also, last week, I have not talked about it, but my uncle Steven, who is my grandmother's son, um, he passed away as well from a heart attack unexpectedly, and his uh, burial services will be on the 28th of this this month. And so my family is also going through that whole grieving process. And December has always been a reminder of death and life for my family, including my grandmother died in December of 2010. So, you know, it's just been a really interesting month. And I just want people to keep in mind that while you're spending time with your family members, there are people that are out there right now who don't have that opportunity to spend time with their loved ones, whether it be a grandmother, a grandparent, a child. So you really have to show gratitude. Be grateful for the position that you're in, whether it's financially, whether it's with the love that you're surrounded by. And to me, the truest gift is Taking the time to invite someone that you know that might be grieving and does not have as much family support as you do to come over and have dinner with you guys just to keep their mind off of things or for them to feel the love or the energy within the room. That is the true gift of Christmas is opening your heart and opening your mind to being of service to others. And again, like I said, take the time to really be mindful of that. Now, in London's Prince, there's this particular chapter, and the reason why I brought this up, or the whole reason, because I kind of got sidetracked with all the, you know, um, highlights of my previous week. But in London's Prince on December 24th, um, as I was talking about my Facebook memories today, um, my anniversary of my first wedding had popped up. And... I started to laugh, and when I say laugh out loud, like, I didn't just write LOL, like, I hysterically laughed out loud. I completely forgot about it. It slipped my mind, and I'm not laughing at the fact, but it was just like Facebook reminded me of decisions that I've made in the past, and, um... I, I wasn't, it's not that I was disappointed or anything of that sort, but it was just a reminder or a memory that had came up in my mind and it was a defining moment in my life. 
and to be honest with you it was a prominently like it, it was my choice it was a decision that I made and I felt at that moment com- I felt compelled to marry this man because I believe that since we struggled throughout our relationship in love and in life that we could struggle together for the rest of our lives and that was so wrong um, as a young woman, sometimes I think that we kind of take our vows to a point where we're sacrificing our souls. And that day was the day that I sacrificed mine by making a contractual agreement with a man knowing damn well that he was incapable of loving me the way that I had deserved. So December 24th of 2011 was a huge defining moment for me and I decided to share that today in my podcast. I am going to read the chapter and I'm going to share with you what inspired me to write this. December 24, 2011, I said, I do. I made a commitment to love you more than I love myself. I wore a black dress over my swollen body, my breast filled with milk and no child to feed. There was no ring or a large wedding party, a small wedding party of four in a two bedroom apartment. A few days before the wedding, we decided why not make it official? We have struggled in love for this long, why not continue? They say times can can get hard in long-term relationships, and since we held hands walking through hell, why not? We got married in front of the Christmas tree you just had to get the day I came home from delivering London. In your heart, you felt a sense of guilt for the way you treated me. We got married in front of the same two witnesses that seen the abuse, the same couple that watched the emotional and physical struggle of a toxic version of love, witnessed the contractual agreement of two troubled souls. I wanted confirmation for my abandonment issues. I just lost my son, and I thought I would die if I lost you. In reality, that black dress, I was attending my funeral. The death of a woman committing to a man who was incapable of loving her the way she deserved. We both weren't ready. We had no idea what we were doing. All we knew was we already had been playing house. We, wo- we both wanted to do it the right way. We thought we were doing what was right. That day, I threw away my dreams of ever becoming a Kleinfeld bride. I accepted my fate and I settled. He loved me in his own sick and twisted way. I didn't love me, so why wouldn't I stay? I thought losing you too would be the death of me. Christmas Eve, three weeks after giving birth to my stillbirth son, whatever was left of me died. I was far from home. I was far from the woman I was meant to be. This chapter was truly inspired recently, actually. It was right before I was closing um, or coming to the fact that I'm going to release this book. Um, It was not something that was originally in the book. And I wrote this because it was just like completely inspired that that day on Christmas Eve, it wasn't even a wedding. It was really my funeral. And it was everything that I did not see myself ever doing. Ever. 
And it was an eye opener that I completely settled because I wasn't willing to be patient or to wait for what was right for me. Um, down to the dress. And the reason why I touch base on so many different things is like my body rejected a child. My body was swollen. It was not a body that I recall myself even being in. I felt uncomfortable in my skin or in my vessel. And I had these swollen boobs that carried milk for a child with no child. And everything that I thought was supposed to be it was rejected and I was frustrated with it. Um, I wore a black dress, which nobody I know is wears a black dress. It's beyond traditional. Um, it's beyond non-traditional. It's just not what you would expect. Matter of fact, the dress was bought at Forever 21. That's how bad it was. Um, I just wanted to solidify something I wanted to hold on to the pain in hopes that it would get better. I was really solidifying my relationship with this person because I wanted ties to this person because we've been through hell and back. And that was a very very powerful statement for me because I'm like, we struggled for this long and we walked through hell and back together. And it's like, does that make it right? And so I see a lot of women um, posting, and one in particular, um, I don't really study, um, I don't watch Love and Hip Hop, I don't see anything, but I do see things on Instagram, and I saw that um, Kim Bella just recently proposed, I mean, um, actually, Kim Bella was just recently proposed to by her man, and they have been in a very long-term relationship Um, And she's been through hell and back. And actually now his proposal is coming in an interesting time where he potentially could be serving jail time. And she's like, oh, I finally got it. And in a sense, it's like we were willing to sacrifice so much just to get the ring. But that's not the representation of a loving relationship. In fact, it's kind of... um, let's do this type thing to solidify um, a contractual agreement of an uncomfortable, unhealthy, toxic relationship. And now I'm not saying that that's what they're going through, but um, from what I see, if it takes a man that long to know that you're the one that's for him after you have bared multiple children, um, have stood by his side, I just don't believe that he is the one. And, but I, I am not here to judge anybody else's relationship. But, um, so back to the chapter, it just really was a defining moment for me. And I felt like, not during that time, but as I was reviewing everything, I realized that I was so far away from the woman that I am today and the woman that I saw myself to be. That was a defining moment for me. It was a defining moment of being in the middle of a road and the road was split. And I had to either decide whether I'm going to go the left road or the right road. And I decided to take the left road. And I had no idea what I was going to come across 
or what I was going to encounter, but I just took it. And when I say it was a hell of a roller coaster of a relationship, it was what I knew it was going to be, not how I dreamed. And so a lot of times when we pray, and that's another chapter I'm going to get into, but when we pray, we pray for things and we don't even understand the God within us is answering our own prayers. We say things such as amen at the end of our prayers saying, I I pray for this person's change. I hope, pray for this person's wellness. I pray for this person's love and guidance. I pray for our marriage to work. But when we say amen or when we say amen, um, it's a confirmation. It's, it's, it's called, it's meant, the true definition of amen is so be it. We are not paying attention to the actual reality of our situations. Not allowing things to unfold and not interpreting or making decisions solely off of what our position is right now. The only thing that we have control over in this very moment and right now is ourselves. Right now in this moment is your current reality. Yes, we have foresight. Yes, we have the ability to change, but we do not have the ability to assist someone else in their transition and their desire to change. And what I saw for myself or what my foresight was, was a complete dream. And the only person that I was responsible for, for making that transition into change was myself. And that's what I did. It took me an additional six years to decide to remove myself from that relationship. Because in it, I was not going to be able to be the woman that I was meant to be. Because I was a contradiction to my spirit, I was a contradiction to my soul, and I was a contradiction to what I was, my purpose. If I am to help women, how can I stay in an abusive relationship? If I am to help women, how can I stay in an emotionally abusive relationship? If I am to help women, but however, that relationship was necessary for me to be able to be a good counselor. Because good counselors are those who have life experience. So today, as I sit back and I think of where I am, and yeah, my finances are not great. Yeah, I thought I would have been in a relationship by now, a healthy, loving relationship. Um, yes, I thought that, you know, me releasing the book, um, things would be in a different position, or me doing a podcast, or me investing so much into my dreams that I would be somewhere else right now. I'm not giving it enough time. And it's so funny because we'll give other things time, but we don't give ourselves that much time. And I can honestly say that I'm extremely proud of myself from being where I was in 2011 to where I am now in 2018. I was forcing a relationship to work, a marriage to work, Now I am content with my solitude. 
I am content with my growth because I know that the more that I work on myself, the better, the more I'm going to attract a man of my similar, of my same substance, if not more. I am content with my peace. And I have so much love coming from so many different places. And so I just wanted to share this story with you guys. December 24th, 2011 um, was a defining moment for me. It was my funeral. I stood at my funeral. I watched who would be the significant people in that that, um, chapter of my life. And... I was alive being able to see the death of May. And to me, it says a lot because that shows you how much I actually um, really evaluate my life and really think deeply because a lot of people don't realize it, but they're living, but they're actually dead. And so I want people to take the time today on Christmas Eve to really think about what do they value? And are you really living? I want to send my condolences to the remain the rest of my Fairley family in regards to my Uncle Steve. May he rest in peace as he is guided by so many ancestors and I know that Graham is probably in heaven right now would she that is her loving son um and again I want to send my condolences to the rest of the family although it is Christmas it is also a time for us to understand the importance of love and forgiveness And I want to extend to all my listeners a very Merry Christmas. And please, please take the time to give a gift that you cannot purchase in the store. Whether that's your love, your time, whatever it may be. Merry Christmas to all my listeners and have a great night.